I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Installation. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's trip uh, to Stevenage in what will be Michael Appleton's first game as the Addicts head coach. Plenty more stuff to come as well, which I'll tell you about in a minute, but let's introduce everyone on the screen. Uh, top right, Nathan Miller. Hey, dear Nathan. Not bad, mate. Living the dream, as always. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Looking, looking forward to the start of the the latest new era, um, as we as we uh, make the travel to the Lapex on Saturday. And uh, bottom of the screen there, uh, the first lady of Charlton Live, Sue Gallup. Hey, Dean Sue. I'm very well, thank you, lads. Very well. Looking forward Excellent to the show. Excellent stuff. Yeah, everyone's in great spirits. Well, how's that? Because it's, it's been a nice sunny day, I guess, here in South London. Right. Um. On tonight's show, then, we've actually got a really packed pod. So Michael Appleton did his first uh, pre-match press conference uh, since becoming the Addicts head coach uh, today. So we're going to delve into that a few times, hear how he settled in uh, to his surroundings in uh, SE7. We'll hear his thoughts ahead of the game with Stevenage as well. We've got a special guest. Uh, yesterday, I sat down and spoke with George Ellick from the Not The Top 20 podcast, uh, one of the uh, EFL experts out there who knows everything about the uh, the the EFL and the lower divisions uh, but also an Oxford United fan as well so I thought he could give us a little bit more insight into our new head coach uh, having uh, seen him operating uh, probably near near enough at his best when uh, when he won that promotion with Oxford uh, a few years ago uh, so we're going to hear from him we're also going to hear uh, from a Stevenage fan uh, Ben Adshed uh, from the uh, Borough Pod is going to tell us all about Steve Evans side as we look ahead to that game uh, with Stevenage uh, on Saturday. Good evening to everyone joining us live in the uh, YouTube chat as well. I can see John, uh, Lawrence, Michael's in there, Joe's in there, Mr. Curly Whirly, Sam, all hell let loose. Uh, and is that Lynn, Lynn in there as well? Uh, good evening to all of you. Thanks for joining us. Get your comments in as we go through the show. You can also email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive. Let us know what you've made. Uh, of the arrival of uh, Michael Appleton. If you haven't had your say uh, yet, let us know what changes you hope he'll bring to the side for Saturday and how he may improve us uh, in that short space of time. Before we hear from Michael Appleton, Nathan, how are you feeling about the last week? We've had a, we've had a bit of a uh, a few days off now with the, the international break, which was a welcome relief to all of us and, and probably to, to Mr. Apples himself, of course, because he, he's had a bit of time to to have a look at the side. Now, you weren't about for our emergency pod when Michael was announced, Nave. So, how are you feeling about his arrival as head coach in SC7? Yeah, not, not bad. I mean, um, obviously, we've, we've, when we were talking about it, really, we were just trying to figure out who it would be. Obviously, I listened to his... I must admit, I listened to his press conference today, which we obviously listened later, and there were certain bits I actually sort of liked. Um, so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably like most people, just see how it goes and... At the end of the day, if we start winning games, it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, Boris Johnson in charge. That's the main thing is that we should start winning games. It'd be interesting to see if 
you know, if we get someone with a last name of Pears as his assistant, that'd be quite funny, apples and pears, but uh, we can all hope. But um, yeah, no, listen, I'm, I, I just want us to see win, win games and just write the season off so far. That's been ha- that's happened. We can't we can't change it now. So hopefully, just win win some games, get back on a positive positivity train, and then um, yeah, we can uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Hopefully. Mm, excellent stuff. Well, as I said, um, Michael Appleton, he's been with us for six days now. So, uh, you know, I'm expecting big results already. Um, I, I like my managers to work fast. But he sat down for his press day today. Uh, Terry asked the uh, new head coach how he's settled in. Um, you've had your first week pretty much uh, at the club. How's it gone? Uh, was it a positive that you didn't have to play on a Saturday in between? Um, I'll tell you after the game on Saturday. <laughs> no, I think um, in terms of being able to get sort of the simple messages into the players, what you want. I think it's always a bonus to have a little bit more time on the grass. So, um, yeah, I think that helps. Obviously, the downside that is that you've got to fix games in which come thick and fast. And I'm sure October will be a very, very busy month for a lot of clubs up and down the country. You join us six league, six league games into the season uh, with us sitting in 17th on six points, uh, two cup defeats as well. So a tough start, obviously. Has it been a case of you analysing what's gone before to see what needs changing or is it a clean slate, forget what happened before and we'll just go from here? Well, I think it's a clean slate for players. I think that's important. It's important that they know they've all got a a fighting chance um, because you want that competitive edge in training and that's something I've really tried to implement already. You know, the intensity and um, taking nothing for granted. Everything has to mean something, whether it's a possession, a small side of game. But it'll be really foolish of me not to, obviously, have a look what's happened in the in the first games of the season to highlight what can be better, should be better, and 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 try and affect that in some way. Yeah, with that in mind, uh, Charlton fans have witnessed this season, especially, uh, but also in previous seasons. Actually, um, we've had some good, exciting football at times with some exciting players, but mixed with some frailties, um, and uh, have cost us victories or draws. Um, in, in games, it seems a difficult issue to put right. I mean, uh, how, do you, how do you go about trying to change that? Well, I, I mean, I mentioned the word messages. I think messages have to be simple. Um, players have got to understand what you want. It can't be, um, you know, too complicated too early. Um, I think being harder to beat, sort of most sort of teams are always looking for that formula, uh, whether it, you know, going on a good run, a bad run, in different run, wherever it may be. Um, but the obvious sort of reality to everything is that we have got an attack-minded group, that a young group. Um, but if I can sort of implement a little bit of discipline within it, recognising when it is a good time to, to counter-attack, when it's a good time to break forward, when it's a good time to create overloads in certain areas, and then sort of almost getting them in a position where they know that, you know, ultimately, if you go up with 10 minutes to go or going into injury time, not going to get that second goal is, you know, quite as important as it probably was, you know, early on in the game. So, um, yeah, if we can improve in two or three percent in certain aspects of the game, then I think, um, and then I think we'll be fine. But I don't want to sort of detract away what this group's really, really good at as well. I think it's important to to highlight and and improve what they can be better at. But certainly, I'm not going to be sort of putting the reins on them too much when uh, when we got the opportunity to play. 
I know you've only been at the club a short time, relatively short time. It's probably been really chaotic. And, and uh, some of the questions you probably won't be able to answer. And I think you'd already touched earlier on in the week about the injury situation. If you, is there any further update on that? Because obviously we've got uh, Panish Kamara, we've got uh, Scott Fraser and Tuxanika. Yeah, I think we've got, uh, we're certainly getting closer um, with Chucks and that, that's a positive thing. We've got one or two sort of doubts on a couple of players that um, are probably 50-50 to be involved at the weekend. And... Obviously, tomorrow will give us a better indication on that. Um, but um, it, it, it is part of the game. It is, you know, it comes with the territory. Um, you'd like to think over a period of time coming up, we'll have more influential players on the pitch and available with, with the likes of the players that you've already mentioned, which will improve the group, make us stronger, make us more resolute. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's one of them where it's important to recognise what's missing. But as a new coach coming in, I have to give all my time and and efforts to the lads that are fit and available. And our three international players that were away on, on international duty all had uh, positive positive weeks away. Have they come back unscathed? Yeah, they have, fortunately, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they've uh, come back and, um, yeah, in, in a good bill of health. So, um, and they've had, and they've had positive, they've all had a reasonably sort of positive weeks, really. So, um, it was good to sort of meet them. This like this morning is the first time I've met them since I, since I come in. And again, it's been coaching. You're only a week in, but uh, your coaching staff are you, are you any closer to? Yeah, I, I, I certainly expect one to be uh, in the dugout with me come Saturday. Um, don't want to kill it, so just in case. But like, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident one will be in the dugout with me uh, come Saturday with, with Jason, and then obviously we'll take it from there after that. There we go. That's Michael Appleton speaking to Terry uh, during press day uh, earlier today. Interesting. Obviously, he mentioned he thinks there might be a new assistant or, or someone in the dugout with him um, by Saturday. I mean, David Kerslake and Richard O'Donnell, his assistants in his last couple of jobs. So the assumption is will be one of those. Uh, also, if anyone noticed there, he said with me and Jason. So I didn't mention Anthony Hayes. So uh, no comment from the club yet. But that's just certainly something I picked up on when listening to the press conference uh, earlier on today. But yeah, he's got his feet under the table now Sue um it'd be interesting to see how much he has been able to attack some of the deficiencies of the side um in 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 the first few days that he's been here now his press conference today was 18 minutes long so there there are other uh, other talking points that come up one of which was you know about whether he's been asked if it, whether he's been said you know, you have to make the playoffs if, if he's been set that target now he says no but obviously Andy Scott has spoken today about that still being the target um is that how we'll judge him this season? He's coming only six games in. Obviously, it's not been a particularly strong six games from us, but statistically and points-wise, you know, we can still make the playoffs. There's still plenty of football to play. So is that is that the target we're setting him? I think, obviously, our fan base, uh, 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 even in the summer, and when Dino is about, I think we'd, we'd all kind of got our hearts set on at least playoffs. Um, and I think there's there's no reason why we can't. Um, but he's literally got to hit the ground running, hasn't he, from Saturday. Um, I think it must be a bit tricky for him because he's coming after the transfer window had closed. So all of the players that he's got in are players that he's sort of kind of got no choice over. Um, so, again, I think it'd be interesting to see what happens in the January window. Um, but I, I would say I would say that the fan base will still be expecting at least playoffs, yes. Uh, I, I mm. just think that's... We've been in this league 
for far too long now. Um, and we have got some fantastic players. And if we can get them playing the right way, which we're hoping Michael will get them doing, then there's no reason why we can't do it. Yeah. Um, Nathan, when, when, when you're the new manager coming into this side, you'll you look around at what's gone on before. Um, how would you have sort of attacked this week in terms of, he's he spoken about keeping the messages simple and, and clear. Um, you know, stop stop giving away silly goals, I guess, would be message one. Yeah, exactly. I think we all knew there was there were certain facets of the games that we've played already where there were a lot of individual errors, which, you know, you can try and coach, but if someone makes this mistake, you can do your training all week. And if someone just does something stupid in the first minute of a the game, then, you know, you're, it's an uphill battle after that. But I think there's certain, he, he mentioned the word discipline in there, which is quite um, quite a good point. I think like that Oxford game where we were a bit gung-ho in that second half when probably, you know, we probably should have said we'll just take a point. Like we've not been at our best after that first half anyway. Um, so I just think it, he's got to find that right balance of being disciplined but not putting too much uh, discipline in to the extent of that he's stopping the attacking players or the players with a lot of flair doing what they're good at, you know? So, for example, I can't see him playing a 4-4-2 and we just sit behind the ball game because we haven't got the players to do it. So, I don't think it's that. I just think it's little... I think little game, the games he's seen, he's probably seen where we've given up possession with and without the ball. As Jason said, post-match against Crawley, you know, we've been doing both of them. So, trying to keep it simple, trying to be cuter in how we play. Game management probably be would be one. Um, but as he said, just basic messages, basic principles and trying to keep it simple and don't overcomplicate it because we've got a young squad we all know that so and we're going to make mistakes but we try and reduce mis mistakes with our defensive position which is going to be one so but like I said at the same time give it to the players that are going to make a difference so we can try and have a threat in the other end as well when we ain't playing for nil nils every week which I'm sure he's which I'm sure he'll be doing. Mm. Uh, James said that with such an open league uh, this year, yes, the start has been poor and slow, but a lot to play for, uh, and he should uh, set that target. And he also added something was going wrong on the training ground. Happy to see uh, Appleton uh, and hopefully new staff uh, on the way uh, as well. Um, Jim saying the playoffs is the minimum I expect from the board and uh, not from the manager. And as I said, obviously, Andy Scott's, um, he's spoken to Radio London earlier on uh, this evening as well. If you've had a chance to, to listen to that after you listen uh, to this, uh, you'll understand he's spoken about, obviously, the mentality of the club. You know, it, uh, it's been a losing club for too long, and, and that's something we need to change. Um, has the transfer window given us the best possible opportunity to, to do that, I guess, is the question, Sue. And that will be what they're judged on now this year. You know, there's been a lot of talk this week. Uh, Charlie Mevan was on, a, on on a podcast as well, um, speaking about the the salary uh, management protocol, the cap, and that um, exactly how Charlton sort of fit within that, and how he, he says we've gone slightly over it. Obviously, there were ways around it, which um, we've spoken about in the past and decided not to do. So, the the, the way the club has decided to run themselves is obviously. Um, you could argue it's not giving themselves the best chance of getting out of the division this year, and and that will be, like I say, the way they're they're judged at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the transfer window just before it closed, didn't we? And then we talked about it again when we did the emergency show um, when Michael was unveiled, because I think 
we were all quite worried about that window and, and actually there was not a lot of activity for quite a period of time and then it was all like a last minute kind of or do we get like four in on the last day or something so I think there, it's always going to be difficult because then those players are that little bit more behind the rest of the squad that you've had for summer pre-season all of pre-season um so then you've got now a new manager. So we've got that added on top that then I, I guess it's like, yeah, we want to, like I've said, we want to hit the ground running Saturday. We want to win Saturday. But at the same time, I think we need to be patient with Michael because he has only had a week with this squad. It, some of the squad is still a new, a new squad to the club let alone then having a new manager coming in. So uh, I, I I think his strength, obviously, we've talked about in the past about his, his strength with younger players and bringing through younger players. We've already got that in place and those younger players, a lot of them had sort of played last season. So I feel like there's no reason why we shouldn't kind of have a really positive start. Um, but yeah, what you said earlier is key in terms of his, his support staff, his backroom staff. What does that look like? Um, and I think it's not just about the squad and how we strengthened in the window. It's about the people that Michael's got around him as well. Mm, yeah. And uh, I mean, Stuart says, uh, we're not too far yet. It is retrievable. I mean, I'll just flash something up on the screen for those watching on YouTube. You know, just a rough idea of... How many games we have left? There's 40 games left. You know, it's if you go at about a 50% win rate, you, you're probably likely to get in the playoffs if you only lose like 11 out of your 40. So there, there is definitely still possible. It's way too early to be looking at these scenarios, really. But just to flash up some numbers, even if we were to win 18, draw 15, draw seven, that's 75 points total added on to the six we've got. That would get you into the playoffs, probably. So that's what I'm just saying. It's still achievable currently. You know, there is only six games gone so far. Um, and like we say, that's that's the gauntlet being set down to to Michael Appleton, uh, even if they haven't said it directly to him. And that's what, that's what um, Andy Scott said this evening, that the promotion is still uh, the aim. Dudley's saying, uh, just stop making stupid mistakes would be a good start. Whatever happened to the no... A dickhead's policy. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's been retired now that Dean's gone, but hopefully it's sort of one that the club will try and live by. Uh, anyway, Stuart's saying uh, hopefully Appleton will have more defensive know-how, and we'll see that. Um, we're going to hear from George Ellick in a few moments' time um, to learn a little bit more about about the new boss, the new head coach, Michael Appleton, who did win promotion with Oxford United. So we're going to hear from him shortly. He obviously had some bad times as well. Uh, Blackpool, notably, his last job didn't go that great. Hannah's saying it's always been the case that some managers just work for some clubs despite them failing at previous clubs. Uh, so time will tell if he's a good fit for us. I mean, what we do know, Nath, is he's here. He'll, he'll get a great reception at, at the Lamex from the travelling fans on Saturday. You know, we know that the fans will um, will support him. They'll, they'll hopefully give him everything he needs. We'll, we know the fans will. Hopefully the, the board have as well. So they, they, they will back him. That, that's the important thing at the start of his tenure now that he's here. Yeah, of course. And we've done the same when Dean came in. You know, the fans, are, you know, they'll always turn up home and, home and away and, you know, give support to the team. Yeah, there might be instances where some people aren't happy and want to boot. Best down to them. But nothing's going to be different. He's not going to get a bad reception, as you say. We're going to try going there in numbers, selling out. It's going to be a good atmosphere. 
Stephen is very, very good at home. And um, yeah, we'll get behind the chaps. And I mean, yeah, we want to win, but if we don't win, it's not going to be all doom and gloom again. Of course, we all want to win games, but yeah, it's, it's. I think a lot of people are starting to know what sort of situation we're in now. We're not that. Was, uh, someone said that just now. I can't remember the name. Sorry for that. But that we're not too far away. I mean, if you think about it, I'm not clutching here, but you take Fraser and Pan out of any team. You know, I know we've still got Dobbo. If you take them two out there, they're quite influential players. We can't beat around the bush and go, oh, no, they're not, because they are. Right? As sad as it is. But that said, we should still have got more points on the balls with the squad that we have got in the games that we played, without a doubt. So I think, yeah, he's going he's, he's gonna to get time. Of course he is, and no one's going to start moaning and stuff. But ultimately, you're going to get judged on results, or any single manager is. And you've got to aim for the playoffs. Andy Scott can't come out and go, oh, yeah, we're aiming for 12th. You know, he can't, he ain't going to say that. He can't. It'd be impossible for him to just say that because, well, hell of freeze over and everything go crazy. But, and rightly so. So he's got aim for the high and we'll just see where we go. But we've got to focus on winning games first one Saturday. Excellent stuff. Well, a couple of messages uh, came in as well from Live Life to the Full says, can't see what Appleton has got that Holden didn't have. Uh, squad's the same, same meat, just a different gravy. Sorry, guys, mid-table finish uh, is all we can do. Appleton's honeymoon period won't last long. Uh, this squad is just average. Well, let's hear from someone who knows Michael Appleton perhaps a little bit better uh, than all of us. Now, George Ellick from the Not The Top 20 pod. Uh, you would have seen him on, on TV quite a lot. They were on Sky Sports quite a bit over the last few seasons. Uh, on uh, Quest highlights of the EFL as well. Uh, and I'm sure you would have listened to Not The Top 20. There are the experts on all things uh, EFL. Uh, but George is also a uh, Oxford United fan as well. So I spoke to him yesterday uh, just to learn a little bit more about our new head coach. Right, well, we're delighted to say now that George Ellick from the Not The Top 20 podcast joins us now. And George, not only are you an, an expert on all things uh, EFL, but also a, an Oxford United fan as well. So we thought we'd come to, to you just to get a little bit more uh, insight on, on Michael Appleton, because I guess you'd say Oxford United is uh, the, the club where he had his, his most success. Yeah, d- definitely over a period of time. Like I would probably argue that the job he did in the one season at Lincoln where he took them to the playoff final and won an up Wembley in League One was maybe the most impressive singular season over performance. But there's no denying that um, he came in at Oxford at a time where we were in League Two. We, we weren't in, in great shape. We'd just finished kind of mid, mid-table, low, lower mid-table. Um, we underwent a, a takeover in the summer that meant that we did no recruitment until um, I think it was kind of early July. So he came into a threadbare squad and things didn't get off to a great start. But you know, when you consider where Oxford was when he left, um, about four or five seasons later, at the top end of well, just outside the playoffs in League One, that was basically due to him. Um, so it, it's interesting because he's he's had such a, I guess, a strange managerial career where he's managed a lot of clubs and with not that much success. But I would, and having interviewed him as well, I think he would agree. Like a lot of that has come down to the clubs that he's been at and some some factors where, for example, if you look at the job he did at Pompey, if you're a Charlton fan and you're seeing Michael Appleton, so you're going on his Wikipedia page, and you're looking at the Pompey stuff and you're looking at his um, you know, win percentage and the rest of it, you might think, well, he didn't do very well there. But actually, he was kind of adored by Pompey fans. It was a time where they were going into administration. Um, he couldn't really do anything in the transfer market. And he was a rookie manager who, who kind of got them performing at a level they probably weren't expected to. So, yeah, I mean, 
as an Oxford fan, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I do think um, this is a big job for him because if he gets this wrong at a League One club, then it's probably unlikely he's going to get the opportunity to, to to get a club of this size again without building up from from beneath. But on the flip side of that, say Lincoln had, had won at Wembley against uh, Blackpool and he'd taken Lincoln to the championship, his next job, possibly even that summer, might have been a top-end championship club. Uh, and that was the way it looked like his career was going for a while. Mm. It, it's interesting, obviously, you make the point about ownerships in, in the background that, that play a big part in that. And I think that's certainly something that Trump fans have learned over the last few years, that it isn't always only the manager. And we've been through enough of them to find out that we haven't quite <laughs> got the right one. Uh, yeah, I mean, so what was it that did click at, at Oxford United um, that you hope he, he might be able to transfer to, to the Valley? It was it was basically as soon as we got to January and he could bring his own players in. Um, I remember Kimar Roof came in on loan, who was a player that, that Michael knew from the academy at West Brom at his time there. I remember actually seeing Roof's debut <laughs> in a game where I thought, like, who is this guy? He's not up to it at all. And then he ended up being probably one of Oxford's greatest players in recent history. And, and that is, that's been a constant, I would say, of Appleton's tenure like he, he is a very you know he's a coach first and he's a very good coach and and I think that's kind of the, the crucial part of his management but the recruitment of clubs under him and, and you know it certainly isn't just him and um, there's a recruit, recruitment team at, at Oxford that did well but you know he's quite clearly someone who is able to not only um, identify good young talent but develop that talent and there's no doubt that his reputation within football, so therefore Premier League clubs, for example, look to send their players out on loan to him. And that's been a constant throughout the summer at Oxford, at Lincoln, and even at, at Blackpool, where you know Morgan Rogers came in about a week before he was sacked, which was a bit of a shame for, for Michael and Lewis Fiorini and other ones. So you know, a manager at Manchester City likes sending players to and plenty of others in the Premier League. So yeah, the recruitment was important. The squad wasn't very good when he took over. Um and, and given time to, I guess, implement his ideas. And interestingly, I'd say that the style of football at Oxford was fairly, um, you know, it was it was possession-based attacking football. At Lincoln, because you maybe had players that weren't necessarily um, across the side, more technically, technically gifted than their opposition, it was a little bit less possession-based. It was still fairly attacking. It was more about getting players like Brendan Johnson and Morgan Rogers on the ball in advanced areas. And, and that seemed to work well. So I'd say he's fairly flexible. I've seen that he's said already that, he doesn't want possession for possession's sake at Charlton, but he wants you to have more uh, of the board in the opposition. I think that's the kind of style that suits him. Yeah, and, and being the club we are in League One, I, I guess that's the sort of style we, we'd sort of expect. Can he can he drill a defence? Because that's obviously been our big problem o- over the last two or three seasons, really. And it's, I think, partly what cost Dean Holden his job this year is that we we, we were fine. We've been okay going forward. Maybe not quite... Chi- uh, taken enough chances compared to the amount created but um defensively we, we've had issues and that was the same under Dean last season the same under Ben Garner uh, at the start of last season as well so is that something that, that Michael can consider himself an expert at yeah I'd say so I mean I, in a way I think it's um developing a, a successful side rather than a you know a defensive unit um I think the you know, as most teams that get promoted out of any league will show, like a, a good defensive record can be based upon basically dominating games and, and having the better chances in that facet. Like I wouldn't anticipate he's going to suddenly get Charlton to, to play a, a low block and start looking to grind out clean sheets. Like the, the way he'll look to do that, I'd have thought would be to have a solid found foundation upon which can to, to start the possession-based attacks. But yeah, I mean, both over his time at Oxford and... Um, you know, at Lincoln in the successful season, there was certainly a, a good defensive base. 
that he that was built upon and because he's a coach with a lot of experience like he's going to come in and he's going to know immediately but that is the thing that he needs to to sort out i you know i, I was obviously watching the the oxford charlton game that, that caused dean holden to be sacked and rather than in the second half especially like charlton's when Charlton stopped basically defending quite deep and started committing men forward, that was where you have more joy. It was then when you committed nine men forward with a minute two left to go in the game, <laughs> one all the way from home. That was a, a bit of naivety where you've got to say, hold on, maybe we should be looking to, to hold on to a point here rather than letting a team who've scored so many goals in transition kind of break and, and score a last minute goal to win it. Yeah, and uh, well, I think, I think you guys might have mentioned it on your pod as well. So I think we, we wonder how much Dean knew that he needed a result that day that, yeah. that maybe played a part in that uh, as well. I mean, as I mentioned at the top, you are the EFL expert. So m- most people, you know, they're always saying football, you're only as good as your last result. And I guess a manager is considered by some to only be as good as his last job. So why, why did it go wrong with, with Blackpool last season, do you think? I, th- I think, they're, I mean, I always say on, on, on our pod, if I was an agent for managers... I would basically not even entertain any job with a, a kind of bottom six budget in the championship. Like if you if you think of the championship as a, as a league, the disparity between the, the clubs, the parachute payments, and the likes of you know Blackpool, for example, or this season, you know Plymouth, Argyle, or Rotherham, it's absolutely massive. And yet, when you start the season, there isn't a single fan base who anticipate that they are going to be a team that gets relegated. Like if you talk, talk to the most, the most um, pessimistic fan, they'll be like, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. Score isn't good enough. Manager's rubbish. 17th. And you're like, well, hold on. Someone's got to finish below 17th there. Otherwise, you know, so you're, you're kind of almost destined to fail. And especially with, with Appleton, who took over from Neil Critchley, who had done like a 10 out of 10 job. He'd taken them up. He'd taken them miles clear of safety. It was always going to be difficult to build on that. I think Critchley kind of cashed in his chips when, when he, at, at the right time. But then when you also consider that Josh Bowler, um, by far their best player in that season before, was sold on deadline day without a replacement. Like, I mean, if you're Michael Appleton, you're sitting there thinking, well, what, what's happened here? And then they brought in a whole host of players at the beginning of January that, you know, Michael Appleton thought he was part of the process doing that. And then he was sat before he could do anything with them. So, you know, it, it, I guess it might sound like making excuses to those people listening to this who've already made up their mind, but you know, teams have to go down. And I would say that the, the circumstances around Blackpool being in the relegation zone, there were far more reasons for that than Appleton. I'm, I'm by no means saying he did a good job. Like, quite clearly, things weren't working. And, and even though Mick McCarthy couldn't get any any better tune out of the players, like, I, I don't think anyone would begrudge the reasons for, for sacking him. But at the same time, I don't you can point the finger and say, you know, he took over and made them worse. And uh, I mean, just finally, then again, it's interesting to get an outside perspective on on how you guys think think Charlton can fare this season. I, I think it, it would be fair to say we're we're lower than we should be based with the squad that we have. But do we have a squad that's capable of challenging in your in your eyes? Yeah, I, I definitely thought so um, before the season started. It's been, I guess, a bit surprising to see just how many academy grads are, are lining up in the starting lineup to start the season. I. I you know, that might change as certain players get to full fitness. You know, players that certainly Panucci Kamara looks like one where who knows when he's going to be able to to play uh, regularly. But even players like Tyre Whedon and uh, Terry Taylor seemingly haven't um, been able to, to to start many games yet. Um, but I do, you know, I, I was surprised when I was engaging with quite a lot of your fans uh, on Twitter over the over the weekend. I was amazed just how many seem to think the squad is, is bad um, because... 
if you look at and you know that the, the, there's no money being invested like if you look at the recruitment over the summer um particularly you know Alfie May Lloyd Jones Panuche Kamara even Ty Watson Terry Taylor like these are not players um that would be accessible for the majority of league 1 sides and i can guarantee that all of them would have had other suitors within the league as well so there is a strong I would say recruitment process going on. It's obviously the first window that Andy Scott's been in charge. And the good thing about Appleton as well is that he's worked closely with recruitment teams in the past. Um, so there shouldn't be any kind of power struggle to do that. Um, but I, yeah, as I say, there's still, you know, and I think a big part of the job that he's going to have to do is developing these young players. Because right now, even though there might be massive talents, there are going to be question marks as, a, as to whether or not they're ready for this at the moment. Thinking about a new kitchen or bathroom? Find professional, independent local installers with free home surveys, itemised quotes and protected payments, trading standards approved contracts and workmanship warranties. The British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom, Bathroom Installations accredits installers to ensure they are police checked, fully insured and experienced. Take the risk out of home improvement. Visit bikbbi.org.uk Hello fellow addicts, I'm so excited to tell you all about our micropub, The River Owl House. The River Owl House is based in East Greenwich, it has six pub of the year awards, an ever-changing selection of amazing beer. It's owned by Charlton fans, walkable to the ground in just 20 minutes with buses that go direct to the Valley too. If your matchday routine includes a drink with your friends, you must join your fellow addicts in the river. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Just before the break there, we heard from the uh, excellent George Ellick um, from uh, Not The Top 20 pod, uh, giving us a lowdown on, on Michael Appleton, who obviously he uh, saw working close up uh, as an Oxford United fan. Uh, but also as someone who understands uh, the EFL you know, re- really well, um, it gave us a bit of an insight on uh, on why things it's worked for him and and, and perhaps not elsewhere uh, as well. That was that was really really interesting. Um, no, I thought, um, yeah, all hell let loose. Point in Louis never worked with uh, animals or babies. Yeah, so my anyone who's watching on YouTube, basically, my daughter kept popping up and stealing my microphone during that because. Uh, uh, she, she wasn't. She, my wife was supposed to be home, but she wasn't quite home from work yet. So yeah, it was very funny. Uh, but the uh, consummate professional that George is, he uh, managed to ignore that and continue, um, continue speaking. Um, yeah, which was uh, which was really good. Um, Robert says uh, the new manager needs time. Uh, the board need to have patience as patience as well as the fans. If he instills confidence and discipline, then he'll not be far off. The proof will be in the Appleton. 
put in. Well, what did you make of what, what George had to say, Nathan? Uh, did he? I mean, he's probably given us a little bit of insight that we didn't all have before we we heard from him, which I think is part of the reason why I thought it was important we have him on. Um, well, what, what did you take from what George had to say that, that gave you some confidence? Uh, well, firstly, I think you should let a little one ask a question because she obviously did want to <laughs> ask a question. But uh, <laughs> but no, to be fair, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed that. Um, I think it's it's very good to get, obviously, with, with George's knowledge in the whole EFL puts a bigger perspective of things. So naturally, what people do, which is fair enough, is when they, you look at managers, and I do it, you look at win percentages and you just see a number and a statistic. But what I found really interesting with George is putting a bit of a meat, you know, getting some meat around the bone on those statistics, like the, the Blackpool situation and the Pompey situation. And you think about it, you think, well, yeah, he's sort of on a hide into nothing in some way. So um, I, I thought it was really good an insight on that sort of thing as well. I think he said um, about how, you know, the groups he had at Lincoln, it was a young squad. Um, I don't know if it's very like for like on what we've got, but um, just the comparisons really. And yeah, he's had a lot of jobs. He's had a couple of jobs in difficult places, but um, yeah, I thought it was really insightful from George. I really enjoyed it. So, um, and hopefully everyone obviously can see that as well and may sort of get that little bit of positivity back um, because I think naturally at the time everyone was like, oh, but I don't know who everyone was expecting, but I'm happy with it. And like I said on Twitter numerous, numerous times, we win games. That's the main thing. But he's got he's got a lot of work on his hands. But he knows that. But I don't think, as a couple of people said in the chat, it's not all it's not all the end of the world. It's not like the season ends next week and we've got a win to stay up. You know, we've got 40 games left. Mm, yeah, interesting. Uh, we're going to hear uh, from our Stevenage guest uh, Ben in a few moments. Time. We've just got a couple of emails that came in. Uh, during the week, just reacting to the arrival of uh, Michael Appleton, uh, Steve said, I must say I'm a bit underwhelmed regarding the Appleton appointment. Uh, I don't know what he's got that Dean Holden doesn't uh, or didn't have. Sacking Dean was a big mistake. Of course, we will see what happens, but I'm not expecting a sudden upsurge uh, in form. We are a bottom half squad uh, and that's it. And then uh, Platy said, uh, my view is that he is probably the most experienced manager who realistically would come here and only Chris Powell, who clearly would... Uh, uh, who clearly wouldn't have, uh, would have been better. Uh, give the guy a chance and see if he can turn a big potential into uh, three points a game. A mate who's a Blackburn fan said he was liked by the players and supporters and did well, but the ownership ditched him, sounds like us. Finally, uh, support uh, the uh, the side and let's get behind them. Uh, Bowyer's side was at bang average pre-Christmas. Let's hope we can kick on. Uh, come on. Uh, you Reds, that's from uh, Platy. Cheers for getting involved. Uh, chaps, um, a couple of people uh, talking about the best players of the season so far. Uh, Johan saying uh, maybe Taylor, uh, May, Jones or Matt. Um, or he, said, he said Dobson, he means. Uh, Stuart saying Dobson as well. We'll, uh, we'll have that debate uh, later on in the season, I guess, as it goes on. But I think it is time we start to uh, look ahead to Saturday's trip uh, up to the Lamex to take on Stevenage. Uh, managed, of course, by that big geezer, Steve Evans. So let's uh, let's get a view from the opposition uh, on the show. Welcome uh, to Ben Adshed uh, from the Borough Pod. How are you doing, Ben? Thanks for joining. I've got your name right there. How do you, how do you say your second name? Yeah, Adshed or Adshed. I, either or, I'm, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. Yeah, no. lot, lot, bit of flexibility. Yeah, no, we're, re we're really pleased to have you on. Um, Stevenage, uh, top of the league. You must be pretty pleased with how it's gone so far. Yeah, uh, surpr surprised, I think, is probably the one word that I'd use uh, with our league position. Obviously, we played a game more than mo most teams in the league. But 
yeah, um, pleasantly surprised, I'd say. Yeah, what, what do you think has clicked so far this season? So obviously you come up with that momentum of of getting out of the of League Two last season. Um, you know, you've, you have got a manager who I imagine when he is your manager, he's he's the sort of bloke you you love to love, and the same way we love to hate him. I and mean, what, what's uh, what's what's gone right so far this season? Yeah, um, I think the main thing that I would say is we really kept the spine of the team that we had last season. You know, we, we lost a cut. I'm, I'm sure Charlton fans will be all too familiar with, with Alex Gilby, who we had on loan uh, from the Addicts last season. He was a big part of that. I think him and our, another midfielder, Jake Reeves, who we lost. But other than that, we, we managed to keep the majority of our squad, which for a long period of the summer, I don't think we were sure if that was going to be the case. And then I think, you know, massive crash to Evans and, you know, the recruitment team at the club, the players they bought in have gelled in very quickly. Um, you know, I think on most Stevens fans, there was a bit of a worry that we didn't have a target man going forward. Since then, we bought in Aaron Presley, Kane Hemmings. They've sort of filled that role. And you've got players like Jamie Reid, who, you know, in League Two season, a while to find his feet, but he's on four goals this season in League One. I, th- I think that, you know, you can't underestimate, you know, that having a goal-scoring striker in this division, you know, the difference that makes. Mm. Um, Dean Chapman in our chat says that Steve Evans looks like a coach driver, um, but he certainly looks like a, a manager who knows what he's doing. You know, he, he he seems to know how to motivate a squad m- minimum. He knows how to sort of play off uh, opposition fans and managers and players. I mean, what, one of the most remarkable insights into how he operates was when uh, we obviously had the games behind closed doors. And when I was covering those, you could actually hear what he was saying to some of our players. Like he knows he knows how to get under your skin. Um, I, I can't repeat what he called Adam Matthews once, although to be fair, by the end of his time with the club, Charlton fans were calling Adam Matthews the same thing. But um, yeah, what what is it about him that that, that you think has sort of um, galvanised your team since, he, since he's come in? I think that one thing that, that Stevenish fans sort of, when Evans came in, we were we we were pretty much locked in a relegation battle at the bottom of League Two. Um, it was between us and Oldham, uh, we thought we had our third, I think it was our second game maybe under Evans, was Stevenage against Oldham, winner take and lost 1-0. Uh, I think at that point we all thought, ah, we're, we're, we're in trouble here, like we're going down to non-league. Evans, you know, we gave him the time, he kept us up that year and since then, he, I think it's stopped, like the style of play is extremely different to most of the other teams, especially in this division, um, you know, it's very direct. A lot, of, a lot of people will call, will call it hoofball, but there's a method behind it, and it's a proven method at level. Um, you know, you only have to look at what he's done with the likes of Rotherham. You know, it, you know, for a, for a period of time that he was at Gillingham, he, he was rather successful and lived on on a similar budget, sort of relative to the rest of the league, as to what he's on now. So I think it's just that experience, and that's something that in the previous appointments we didn't have. We didn't have that. We, we always took a gamble on, you know, sort of younger managers taking their first jobs in the third, and it didn't quite pay off. But I think it's just that that tried and tested method that Evans has brought to the club, which I think has really transformed us. Hi, Ben. Uh, just a quick one. I just think just going on to um, obviously knowing uh, I like to look at ex-players. So I know, obviously, Jake Forster-Kasky is down there at the moment. 
I know he was um, he was sent off against Pompey, wasn't he? So I don't know if is he suspended for tomorrow, and then on the back of that is how has he been? Because obviously he was quite a fan favourite here, and obviously he didn't get contracted. So I just want to see his thoughts as how he's settling in and how you how you all see him really. Yeah, yeah, Jake's done a great job. Um, I have to say, like coming in last season, you know he he had to play his way to that to that midfield because we had a very settled partnership in there. But every time he comes in, one thing that he really added, especially last season, was a bit more technical ability uh, in the midfield, which is something that you know that you don't associate with with many of the midfielders that we had in that last season. And, you know, as, as you touched on the red card, I, to, to this day, I still don't think many of us actually know what happened for that red card. It was, it was just an off-the-ball incident with, with a Portsmouth player. Both of them shook hand, both of them got sent off. It, it was really bizarre. I think he's probably available on Saturday. Whether he starts or not, I don't think so. You know, we've got fin, Finley Burns, who's a centre-back by trade, has stepped into midfield, done a great job. Um, Louis Thompson, really experienced League One player, been excellent so far this season, especially like breaking up the play. So I think if he's available, he'll be in the squad. I'd be surprised to see him start. But yeah, he's he's settled in really nicely, actually, to be fair. Hi, Benny. So um, just a quickie, like we, we, we're struggling horrendously with our set plays this season and that's clearly one of your strengths. I mean, if we we look at the goals that you've scored and, and how you're sort of breaking the other teams up, would you say that, that like your set pieces is more of the way in as opposed to like scoring from open play? That's a great, that's a great question. Um... I, I mean, it, it's no secret. You, you look at that Stevenage team, there is a lot of very physical players in that team. Um, we, I mean, our centre-back, Carl Piergiani, has scored, I think he scored eight goals in League Two last season, all of them come to course. He's a real threat. Um, but I, I, I'd say this season, actually, I've been a lot more encouraged by a play outside of, you know, just having to hoof balls into the box and hoping that someone will get on the end of it. Um, I'd, I'd say a lot of it, if, if you can limit Jordan Roberts, who is our sort of, he plays in a bit of a 3-10 role behind, just behind two strikers. If you can limit him, then that'll go a long way to probably dealing with men, most of the threats that we cause. Um but yeah, I mean, I mean, corners. Funny, you know. Even you look at a team like us. I highlight every week. It even with us, we're absolutely we're not great at defending corners. Watching a lot of the teams in League One, I actually don't think there's many teams that are that great with dealing dealing with them. So yeah, you know, it's always a threat. But I do think that, especially in comparison to last season, Stevenage carry a lot more threats, sort of on the ball. And we're not so reliant on set pieces this year, I don't think. Fantastic. Look, Ben, that was a really good insight into uh, how Stevenage have been uh, so far this season. Thank you for for joining us on uh, on Charlton Live. And uh, we'll hopefully we'll bump into you over the weekend. If not, uh, we'll speak again later on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. Yeah, have a good day on Saturday.
Cheers. There we go. That's Ben uh, from the Borough Pod who joined us here on Chat on Live to give us the lowdown uh, on Steve Evans' side. Uh, that was uh, that was really really insightful. So yeah, thanks to um uh, to him, uh, Ryan Clark, our resident Barnsley fan, who always joins us. Reckons that Chat are going to win a four-one on Saturday. I uh, look at the well, I'd, I'd love that if that would be the case. So uh, Finchy uh, saying hopefully Chat win. There's nothing better than as, uh, than seeing the pie man. Uh, lose it. There is there is a little bit of history between um, uh, between uh, Mickey Apples and uh, and the Pie Man. Uh, there's a great picture of him in his um, in, in his Lincoln tracksuit having a proper little finger point at, at Steve Evans uh, from from a game a couple of seasons ago. So ho- hopefully that could be reignited. Um, let's. Uh, I think uh, I think you might even mention that in that in the clip we're about to hear because uh, let's hear uh, from uh, Michael Appleton looking ahead uh, to the trip uh, to the Lamex Stadium. Saturday will be to take on uh, Steve Evans, Stevenage side, uh, at the top of the table. Um, and uh, only one league defeat in seven. They had the best home record in League Two last season. So uh, um, it's going to be a tough start, obviously, for, for you. But um, uh, you obviously want to be going there positive. 100%. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've got the utmost respect for Steve. We've had a few run-ins in our times. He'll probably tell you that as well. And... Um, They've been quite fun and emotional at times, but um, look, he, he gets the best out of the, the group that you know he, he tends to work with and um, they have a certain way of doing it and they do it really well. Um, they've got a bit of quality in the group as well and I think that's important to note that you know it's not just obviously looking to get the ball forward quickly and early and, and trying to look for seconds and percentages, but there's a bit of quality in the group and if there wasn't they wouldn't be sort of sitting where they are in the table at this moment in time so we respect that we understand it we know it's going to be difficult i believe it's going to be a sellout i know we've sold all, all our tickets which is f- absolutely fantastic um we're going to need that support you know because like you've said they've got a great home record um and they've got that for a reason so but so we're going there i'm hoping that the players you know new manager in place etc gives them that extra little boost that we might need to, to go and beat a side that are flying at the top of the league. As you said, sell out Charlton uh, allocation uh, in the away end. Uh, you went and had a look at Stephen and Sally. Hopefully they'll uh, they'll see that you've uh, you've picked up a few pointers to, to bring them home happy, send them home happy. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, listen, it'll make a sort of big difference from the game I watched at the weekend and that's not being disrespectful to Carlisle because I know the distance that they would have had to cover. But um, yeah, it, it looks a little bit empty behind that, behind that goal on Saturday as well. It certainly won't be this week, and I think obviously myself and the rest of the group are really looking forward to it. There we go. That's your headline: Mickey Apple slams Carlisle travelling support. Um, yeah, I mean, it, sell out. We're, we're travelling there in numbers. Like the fans have done their bit. Um, it, it is a horrible start for us, Nath. And you know, as Sue mentioned um, just just then when we were speaking to Ben, it's like it, it's. Set pieces in particular, obviously they they have their threats. It's not purely set pieces, but you know that's certainly something that you think in in the space of a couple of you know they've had a, a clear week on the training ground, albeit without two defenders who are obviously off on, on international duty. Um, but that's certainly something he could try and tighten up in in these opening few days. So that would be interesting to see if he's had any immediate effect on on that department. Yeah, you'd like to see some some improvement, but I mean I think we've had that issue for for seasons now and I think even Steve Brown's talked about on Charlton TV before and what we seem to lack is that leadership and the communication piece of our defending set plays um, they're not all bad players you don't become a bad player overnight they're not all f- they're not we don't have four Jack Paynes defending our you know our box for corners 
we've got big lads there. It's just a case of knowing where to be, where to go, communicate, and we just it's just practice. Set pieces are a massive part of the game in any level. Um, and it's interesting that you know they're not very good at defending them because we never score from one, really. So it could be interesting if we score from one now. Maybe we're just going against teams who are unreal defensively. But um, yeah, it's gonna it's a massive part of the game and it's not he's not gonna be able to turn it overnight, you know. I mean, by all means, if we can have another repeat of when the last time I went to this place, we won eight 0 when Toby Stevens has scored a hat trick. <laughs> if that could happen, I know I was on comms that day and that was the worst commentary sort of gig that's ever happened because it was just like me just shouting that I'll give it to Toby for like ten minutes. But uh, <laughs> um it's eight and it's great, wasn't it? I think the quote was. But yeah. um yeah, no, if we can it's not we're not I'm not expecting an eight 0 again, mate, but it's going to take I'll take time. it, though. I'll take we, it. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't grumble at, you know, I wouldn't grumble at an 8 0 load, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of my favourite nights supporting Charlton because we went there with just obviously it's an EFL trophy game. You just go there with no expectations. Some bloke you've never heard of gets a hat trick on his debut. Uh, and we get our largest win ever. I mean, that would be nice too. Um, Finch is saying uh, it'd probably be easier to go through the names of managers who've not had a run in with, um, uh, with Steve Evans, which is true. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how Michael decides to almost announce his arrival with the Charlton fans. Because one, one thing I've heard from a couple of sets of supporters, not necessarily like Oxford where he did really well, is that he's not a massive one for, you know, mixing with the fans and, and, and playing up to the crowd or anything, which, you know, some, sometimes you get managers who go completely the other way. And we've just had one. Obviously, Dean made that a priority. Um, but it'd be interesting to see exactly what sort of relationship he wants to have with the crowd or if he's just going to get his head down and stick to business. And we, we might learn that on Saturday. If he goes up and nuts Steve Evans just to win a few few people over, that might be that might be a nice start. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like we love, we love a, a manager that will sort of get involved with the fans. But at the same time, does it really matter? As long as he's doing the job and he's, he's, he's doing well with the team, I mean, I, I think I've watched him over the years on like the EFL show and stuff, and he does seem like, although he, he looks quite frightening um, and he talks really well, he does seem to be that type of guy that is a little bit more private and, and maybe a bit shyer, that he's not going to be so kind of in your face and um, like in sort of getting the crowd rolled up and all of that sort of stuff. But I would absolutely love it if he was to uh, nut Steve Evans. <laughs> I had to run in with him once as well. So Angels managers. Oh, tell us, Sue. Oh, we got to hear this. Um, so when I used to look after the mascot, I can't even remember who he was manager of at the time. Um, but I, when I was looking after the mascots, the kids, and if we had an away mascot, they would obviously go in the away dressing room, but I would have to go with them because of the child protection procedures. Um, the the team who he was working for at the time, they had a female kit lady as well. So he she wasn't allowed in the dressing room while the team were in there. And then when I then said, right, you've got a mascot, I need to take take him in there, he was like, well, you're not going in there. And I was like, well, I have to. Like, it's child protection procedures. You can't let a child go into a dressing room with, with all these men. Um, most of them in their underpants um, without a, an, an adult that's got a DBS check. And he, we just stood having an argument in the tunnel 
and he was <laughs> he absolutely flat refused to let me go in there. Oh, there you go. Um, well, I held him yeah, in such high regard so, before I heard that story as well. But um, yeah, Dean's saying that Steve Evans has never been the same again <laughs> since since arguing with Sue. Maybe he has. Maybe he has mellowed down a little bit since then. He, he, he sort of know he, he knows when to pick his battles now. Um, <laughs> Harry says odds on Appleton nothing Evans is it two to one uh, well I don't know uh, Sue, Sue's going to join the queue if he does afterwards um, Harry also says hopefully there'll be no uh, players holding their hands up after the game of three points Appleton will get a good reception at the Valley you can guarantee that because he is the child manager that will be what happens team news um, didn't give a great deal away in terms of um, the players that we've had injured you know um I mean, Richard asked him during the week, and, and again, it was sort of, oh, I don't know about this and that with the likes of Pan and Fraser. But, I mean, Richard put in his piece, rumours end of September, so it's still another two, three weeks away before before they're out there. The club just don't give away anything on, on injuries at the moment. So we don't really know where we stand. But I'm looking at that that lineup of players who didn't play from the off against Fleetwood. So I'm guessing, hopefully, Miles will be fit enough to start. You know, what what sort of formation is... is um, Mickey Apple's actually going to play as well, Nave. That's going to be interesting because, I mean, we spoke about different shapes he's utilised throughout his career. Um, Joe done a, a good bit of research for us on, on the emergency pod. But, yeah, looking at the squad we have, he'll have to decide whether he goes with one of his tried and tested formations or is the one that, that suits us that he hasn't tried yet. I mean, which way do you think he'll be tempted to lean? Because I, I can't see a world where you don't get May and Leeburn on the pitch together ideally as a front two, although it worked okay as a three late on against Fleetwood, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, it's a hard one, really, because, I mean, originally I was thinking, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Lieben starts on the bench still coming back and, you know, May's playing, because I don't think you to get the best out of Corey, I think he's on that left-hand side or right-hand side um, in a three. I, I think putting him on, as a, on a left or a right of a four in a four-four-two, you could, but again, it's a lot of work. But then you flip it, if they're good at set plays and they're big, aggressive, physical side, you're going to need Miles's height in there. So it may mean that Miles may start a bit wider. I don't know. Or Alfie can go on a wider from the left like he's done for Cheltenham a few times. But I think the key is if they're very good at set plays, the worst thing you're going to do is want a load of smaller players. I was going to say people there for some reason. Smaller players. Um, so I think I think it need some height in there. So I, I'd envisage you'll probably start the likes of uh, Leeburn in there as well. And it wouldn't surprise me if Heck comes in. It really wouldn't. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because we don't really know. It's it's all a bit all or nothing. You'd hate it as a Stevenage scout, wouldn't you? Because you would have no idea what you're going to do. So, yeah. um, but you know, like if Chucks and Pan and Scott ain't going to play, then you can probably pick the midfield itself, the, the three, if he's going to play a three. So yeah. I don't really know, mate, to be honest. Yeah, uh, all hell let loose is asking if we're going to see apples in the oak uh, post game, uh, maybe in a cider. Um, uh, uh, live, uh, love life to the full says apples. The core of his team will be vital. Oh, I think we've got a little one going here, Dudley. If apples nuts Evans as he goes down, will that be an apple turnover? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's the tone set for the rest of the season now, isn't it, Joseph? I haven't warmed to Appleton at all. Uh, I think he sees fans as a pain in the backside and has contempt for us for having an opinion. Uh, it's a job for him. It's football uh, for us. Well, we'll see how how he sort of grows into the role, I guess, over the uh, the, the course of the, the next few well weeks, judging by how often we keep managers. But hopefully, the next few months, next few years, if uh, if all goes well, which is what we all want for him and and, and for the club. So, I mean. 
if we don't win Saturday, it's not, it's not the end. Like it's not the end of his time in SC Seven. <laughs> but it would be great if he could get off. If he could get off to a good start, it's what everybody needs. You know, we we all know that you know Exeter were top of the division last week. They lost at home to Leighton Orient. We're not going into you know the, the Burnabout here. We're going away to Stevenage. This is this is a winnable game, and it would be great to start for for, for Mickey, Mickey Apples with all three points. Yeah, I mean, it uh, it would absolutely be amazing if we got all three points, especially the team at the top of the table. Wiping that smug look off of Evans's face would just be the cherry on top of waving the... a DBS check oh. in his face. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, seriously, I think if we, especially with our following, we do tend to do better against better sides from sort of past. Um, experience but yeah I mean even a point mate that would just give us a lift just to we haven't lost another game um so yeah I think I think anything but a loss Saturday is just gonna be amazing Mm, I mean David said uh, I'd be happy with a draw on Saturday the team needs to learn to walk uh, before they can think about running again and there's certainly a lot of walking to be done between now and the end of the season um, and hopefully we will start running at some point, especially in defence, because we haven't done enough of that at times this season. Right, we've run out of time uh, on uh, this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Thanks to everyone who's joined us live on YouTube or uh, caught up via the podcast uh, afterwards. Uh, massive thanks uh, to Ben, who joined us from Borough Pod uh, earlier, and of course, uh, George Ellick from the Not The Top 20 Pod for giving us his insight uh, on our new head coach. As always, Nathan and Sue, um, try not to get into any arguments with any more football managers between now and the weekend, but great to speak to the pair of you. Thanks, boys. Been fun. Hopefully, we can go there and upset the apple cart. Hey, there we go. Back on track. Back on track. Get, get some more of those out for Sunday now, if I'm loving that. Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, don't forget, we will be back on Sunday morning, 10 o'clock on YouTube, to look back at the game. Uh, with Steve and it hopefully we will be uh, talking about a tasty uh, three points for the Apple man. Uh, but yeah, all that is uh, left to say tonight is thank you for listening to Charlton Live, sponsored by the British Institute of Kitchen, Bedroom and Bathroom Insulation. I'm Louis Mendez. We shall see you again on Sunday. 